In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis from all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the Gold Dome. We journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution want to take a minute to thank our subscribers. Because of your support, we were able to make this podcast available to everyone. Our reporting and local journalism is because of subscriber support of our newspaper. If you are not a print or digital newspaper subscriber, join us. Go to AJC.com and sign up today. Thank you, and continue to follow our reporting in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at AJC.com. And today we're joined for the second week in the row by Mark Nisi, the AJC State House reporter and elections expert, to talk about the crush of voting rights bills still pending before the legislature and all the movement that, that, that did or did not happen this week. Thanks, Mark, for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. It's an exciting time with lots of bills being debated and lots of debate, um, <laughs> lots of arguments over which ones or if any of them should become law. So I haven't been in the weeds with this as much as you have, but I've been monitoring it from the outside. It seems like the state of things are just in very much flux right now. Uh, how would you describe the, the fate of these, uh, of the biggest, the, the most major, the most significant bills that we're watching? Well, they are moving forward. The big ones are anyway. The House has a big bill and the Senate has a big bill. And they do so many different things, um, such as changing weekend voting hours and requiring absentee ID and limiting drop boxes. And then there are a bunch of smaller bills um, also moving forward that would allow, you might recall a few years ago, we had a state turnaround officer for schools. There's a similar concept for election boards. If you have a low performing elections board, this would allow the state election board to appoint somebody to take over that elections board and try to make it better. Um, There's also proposals to create earlier absentee ballot application deadlines. So you wouldn't be able to request an absentee ballot within the last 11 days before an election. And then there's also bills that would cut off funding. You know, there were millions and millions of dollars that flowed to counties from um, private nonprofit groups, especially um, Center for Tech and Public Life and Mark Zuckerberg backed nonprofit. And there are proposals to cut out outside funding to counties. And so that would fall on their taxpayers instead. So all of these are moving forward in various 
forms. Um, it's a lot of different ways in which voting rules would be changed because of the presidential election and the desire among the Republican majority to tighten voting rules and make changes after Trump lost Georgia. Revenge from Republicans upset about those victories. Now, let's talk about some of the biggest provisions. Um, you mentioned voter ID, some sort of form of, of ID. Um, this is something that the three big, the, 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 the big three, Jeff Duncan, Governor Kemp, and Speaker Ralston, have all endorsed in some form or fashion. They haven't necessarily talked specific specific bills, except for Jeff Duncan has backed a specific bill. Um, but where do things stand with with that idea? And do you think that is um, of the most controversial uh, core of proposals? Is that the one that's most likely to pass? Absolutely. While it is among the most controversial proposals, it's also the one that seems to have the clearest support from both the House, Senate, Lieutenant Governor, and Governor. Um, it remains to be seen. Right, right. Um, there's just a broad desire to have some sort of driver's license or social security number or state ID or copy of photo ID to prove who you are and using that instead of a signature matching system. So there just seems to be broad agreement over that idea. Now, the details of it still have to be worked out. You know, the bill that passed the Senate this week um, is one of the least restrictive proposals. It would only require driver's license, state ID, or photo ID when applying for an absentee ballot, but not when returning an absentee ballot. The House wants similar requirements also when returning your absentee ballot as well as when applying for your absentee ballot. So that'll be hashed out as these bills continue to be debated after they pass their first chambers and then get rewritten and thrown out and redone by the other chamber. And by the way, th these bills are expected, at least so four bills have already passed, four elections related bills have already passed. They're the first four bills to pass the, the Senate. More bills will pass um, next week, probably right before crossover day, which is an arbitrary deadline, but a deadline um, that we'll talk about more next week, but but a key deadline under the Gold Dome um, for one bill to pass a chamber before it can be uh, addressed by another bill. There's all sorts of ways around it. So it doesn't mean that if a bill doesn't pass by that deadline, it's dead or anything, um, because um, that language can be resuscitated in other ways, but it still will be a key deadline for these elections laws um, to me. That's right. So we should know sometime, maybe in the next week or so, um, what the outlines of the proposals are. But what actually passes and what doesn't, I don't think we'll know until the end of the legislative session. This is so technical and detailed on um, what the law should say and what requirements should pass and not and what's even legal. You know, there's a lot of debate about how many of these changes will hold up in court. And meanwhile, the Democrats' position outlined by the Legislative Black Caucus was that no bills are acceptable. They're taking a very hard line that there was nothing wrong in the November election. So why should they make any changes and why should they compromise or agree to anything? Now, that's their public position. I imagine that they'll want to be included in the debate and try to negotiate for um slightly worse in their view restrictions on voting. 
Um, but still, that doesn't mean they're going to vote for it. You know, we're going to see partisan divides on all of these votes, except for one. Um, we did get unanimous agreement among Democrats and Republicans in the Senate for counting, not counting, but processing absentee ballots eight days before Election Day so that we get in returns more quickly after polls close. Yeah. And that does not mean we'll have results by midnight on election night, but it does mean that we should have smoother, uh, a smoother count, um, especially than November where we were waiting days, you know, three, four, 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 three or four days um, for all the, uh, the tallies for the major troves of absentee ballots still outstanding. Um, let's talk about that bipartisan uh, uh, talk. Um, because that was Senator Jen Jordan's bill that you just mentioned that got unanimous vote. Republicans are desperate to, to find um, Democratic supporters for some of the more con- contentious proposals. And one of them was that um, voter ID proposal um, that got one Democrat, Doc Rett of Cobb County, in the state Senate to pass it. So Republicans can now technically say that they had um, a they appeal to cross party lines, but when you only have one Democrat in a chamber of, of 56 overall lawmakers, uh, that's not saying much about uh, a universal appeal. That's right. I think it's going to be really hard for either side to um, bridge party lines just because they're not just because of the issues involved, but because of what their constituents are saying. You know, um, Republicans are responding to their voters who are demanding changes and Democrats are feeling the same pressures from their voters who feel like this is just Republicans getting revenge for Trump losing. So why should they give an inch? So that's going to be difficult. And ultimately, because we live in a state where the House and Senate have clear Republican majorities, it'll be up to the majority ultimately to decide how far they want to go if they can stick together and vote for um, the bills that they want. So, you know, I do think that a lot of these bills are going to pass, but there's going to be a lot of internal debate about what form they take and how they can appear both tough, but also rational um, when setting voting rules for Georgia. Yeah. And right now, as of this taping, it looks like another very controversial uh, provision is on the outs, and that is to end Sunday voting, um, which is very popular with with black electorate. Um, it's a saying called souls to the polls where, um, you know, voting rights groups, churches would even organize bus trips from Sunday services to early voting sites. I've been to many of them over the years um, as folks went to go cast their ballots. Not does not make up for a huge portion of, of the electorate by any means, but very popular um, with uh, with religious organizations. And of course, um, you know, other churches have done the same thing. So it's not just used by African-American churches, but particularly popular with, with black churches. Um, and it looks like that proposal is not, well, might not make it. Right. So what happened on in the House Election Integrity Committee is they did allow one day of Sunday voting on the first weekend of the three-week early voting period. Now, some counties like DeKalb and Fulton, they had more than one Sunday voting day, and now they'll only be allowed to have one. But in other counties, um, this will be an addition weekend, additional weekend voting day. Many counties in Georgia just had one Saturday previously under the bill that passed the House committee. There would be a second weekend day required on that first weekend, either a Saturday or a Sunday. But, you know, certainly in heavily Democratic metro Atlanta counties that did have the full slate of weekend voting options, this will be fewer weekend voting days. And that's something that they will not have 
be happy about despite the um, backstepping by the um, sponsors of the bill and allowing some degree of Sunday voting. That isn't enough for counties who still see this as a rollback in their voting access. Yeah, let's talk about the pressure um, that Republican sponsors of these measures are now facing because there was protest at the Capitol. There's a seven-figure ad campaign from Stacey Abrams' group. There's already, and you alluded to this earlier, there's already threats of lawsuits by Democratic attorneys uh, nationally and locally um, challenging provisions that haven't yet passed. Um, and there's shenanigans at the legislature with with Democrats um, playing hardball, hardball tactics right now and holding back votes on efforts that need bipartisan support, like uh, like uh, sports betting, um, things that are not easy passes under the Gold Dome. Um, so all sorts of um, all sorts of pressure tactics are being applied on Republicans to to rein in these proposals right now. Yeah, it's not me if you've heard this before, but the nation is watching Georgia. You know, uh, this is a familiar refrain where, you know, we saw this in the presidential election, we saw this in the Senate election, and now we see it in the battle for voting rights and legislation governing how, who can vote and how they can vote. So not only do you see Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight and protesters and Democrats um, making waves locally, as well as Republicans calling for changes and improvements and tightening security in election systems. You also see a lot of attention on Georgia from elsewhere nationally, where Georgia is where people look to see what's happening with voting rights. You know, and it isn't just in Georgia. You also see restrictions on voting being passed in other states as well. But Georgia gets a lot of attention, both because of its history and because of its recent history. You know, so much is changing so fast and everyone wants to see how things will turn out here where we're now a bellwether state for the country. Yeah, you're exactly right. We're not the only battleground state where voting rights restrictions are are being proposed. Um, Arizona, Ohio, um, several others. But uh, we're in that white hot spotlight and we all were talking about this in October, November, how no matter how the, uh, the outcome of the election went, Republicans were looking, they were frustrated um, about absentee balloting and how popular it was, frankly, with Democrats. And they were looking at ways to, um, to tighten the reins on it. Um, so as we, as we close, talk about what you're looking for in this, this pivotal week coming up. That's right. It'll be a huge week because... First, we see the Senate bill, the big one, that's Senate Bill 241. Um, the big question there is, is the Senate going to move forward with eliminating no excuse absentee voting in Georgia? Um, that's a big question. It's in the bill now. There was a move uh, this week to try to remove that from the bill. It hasn't been removed yet, um, but the committee will decide that on Monday. And we see um one side arguing, well, it's not going to fly anyway, so why move forward with it? And then we hear the sponsor, Majority Leader Mike Dugan, saying, look, this is what he believes in and he's going to stick with it. And he has a lot of almost every Republican in the Senate has co-signed on to his bill. So is he going to give in now or is he he's not going to give in now? But will the bill be changed now or um, will it continue to move forward. And then we'll also see so many other smaller bills. There there are bills in committee every day, and they always do various things for elections, everything from putting absentee ballots on special security paper 
to um, where drop boxes can be located. And um, as I mentioned before, funding and ID requirements and all these things that, you know, there, there are so many um, that I could try to list off. Um, but we're going to see so many bills moving forward. And this is the time to really watch because what comes out this week will set the terms of the debate through the rest of this month and ultimately build to a climax at the end of March or beginning of April when the legislative session comes to a close. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when you do. And as always, thank you for listening. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song a celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny one film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word, AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.